welcome everybody in to the national edition of the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We are live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. This hour of Real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. The Kipper Hills, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee for the next hour. In a few minutes, we'll welcome in Andy Strickland, host of 590 The Fan in St. Louis, co-host of Cam and Strict Podcast. It's always fun listening to those two guys talk hockey. And, of Mm -hmm. course, we'll discuss the biggest story of at least yesterday is the firing of Craig Berube, head coach of the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, one of those guys that you just imagined was going to be there forever. Like, I never thought about the Blues in their coaching position because their coach is Craig Berube. What do you mean? Like, you're never going to fire that guy. However... They've been underperforming long enough, and at some point, you got to do something. Uh, okay, underperforming. I think I see what thirteen. Uh, what's their record? Thirteen. They're probably 12 14 and, 13. and one. Is that right? Okay, yeah. Okay, uh, game under five hundred. That's a fireable offense when you won the Stanley Cup a short while ago. They don't have no one. Robert Thomas and Kyrou and Saad and Buchnevich and Braden Shen. Like they got players. Proko Pro. Pro- Pareko? Pareko. There it is. Krug and Falk. Like, they they have enough players to win some hockey so, games. So, uh, like Nashville, of course, uh, firing earlier this year as well. Like, are these teams ex- expecting to make the playoffs or mid I actually think the fact that the West is so bad at the bottom, at the wild card That everybody level, wants to sneak in. Well, everyone's going... You know, if maybe if we make the change, we can get that extra 10% from the dead cat bounce, and we can be the team who gets in. Get my owner the seven home gates or the, you know, six home gates, whatever it may be. Bruby guided the Blues to the Stanley Cup when they were dead in the water by that that year, that Christmas year, I think, or even January. Yeah. One of the worst teams in the league. I mean, this is this is a, a guy that, made history and we may never see that type of history ever again. Right. So you know you, you sound like you're yeah, a little upset like about it. this. I just I'm I'm not sure that it's I, I, nothing in life is fair. But yeah. I just don't know whether or not this warranted a firing. I think that there are a a there's a type of coach and I'm not calling putting him in Tortorella's camp, but, like, he's a hard guy with high expectations, right? They're called hard asses, JB. Yeah, and you know what they are? They're a part of this honest era of hockey players who demands something of their players every day False. because that's what they gave. And I think at some point it does wear on guys. But, hey, look at this. Like, Rick Tockett is in that camp to me, and look at the success he's having in Vancouver. Rod Brindamore, another guy who played the game hard, honest, demands of his guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if it's wearing thin there, but he's had a lot of success. I, I don't know that I would put Torts in that camp necessarily, but, no, he's one of a few guys who that's the reputation they have, right? And so he will be valuable to another team is my point. The type of guy he is will earn him another NHL job before the season's over. Leafs are playing great. Keith's doing a good job. But, God, can you imagine Barube, the coach of the Leafs? You're firing... No, Keith, I'm not. Then why I, are you bringing I, it I, up? Just said it, man. I literally just said he's doing a great job. <laughs> but can you imagine him as the coach of these guys, what the difference would be? Because it's just such a different style of thing. Yes, he would like, lock some when, of their best players we, out of the dressing room. Someday. When we, I booked Craig Berube in our first season of the show, and I, the PR guy's like, yeah, sure, here's his number. Try him. 
He just like I gave, he gave me his number. I gave him a call. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll come on. Yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> not, like, not a lot of red tape. No, with this guy no, he calls yeah. it like he sees it. Yeah. I don't know much about uh, Drew Bannister, who takes over. Uh, he was coaching Springfield in the American Hockey League. You haven't been following the system structure of the American uh, Hockey League team. He I don't know. I mean, you know, my my first thought is they just want to get through the the season. Don't want to not having to pay the big bucks. Don't have. I, but if if there was somebody out there, would they even pay the big bucks? I don't know. But there are Coach Q come back. Yeah. Uh, you need you need uh, a blessing <laughs> for that to happen Mike, Mike at the National available. Hockey League office. Any other good ideas, Born? <laughs> Any other? <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you're saying. It's not like there's an obvious replacement there for him. All right, we uh, we expect to talk to Andy Strickland about uh, that and uh, and where the Blues go and their expectations. So we'll uh, we'll wait more momentarily for him. Sammy, any word on? Uh... I told him five after, so he's coming soon. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else you want to discuss before we get to, to Andy? Yeah, we can talk about the you know who they're fighting against there. The Calgary Flames last night uh, playing Vegas, another you know tough loss for this Flames team. And you know they played two really good teams, yeah, they did really hard in Colorado and Vegas, and leave those games with one point. Uh, disappointing, I would say, for the Flames and where their season's at. Uh, moral kind of victories that you can go toe-to-toe and, and and look good against Colorado at times and then the Stanley Cup champions. There has to be something in there, at least that that, that lineup can say, even without Tanov, that we're, we're not that far off, boys. No, they're a few points out of the wild card spot. Like, like two or two, well, actually just two points, but with games played, then they're helped out a bit. But yeah, so they're close. And you're right. With that moral victory, you feel like maybe they're a team that can climb up there. They're actually uh, one point behind the Blues who fired their coach. So goes to show how or owners feel about teams at that part of the standings. And I was watching the Battle of the Connors last night, and it lived up to exactly what you guys were talking about. Yeah. It's just, I mean, Connor Bedard, his first goal, the only goal of the game, Ba-ding! was unbelievable. Yeah. Like the way he brings the puck into the middle of the ice where his body doesn't move, gets it far corner bar down beautiful but the blackhawks are just way too bad yeah. for that game to matter i should they have suck. asked you to get the Stu skinner clip about this about the goal he was like yeah you know he pulls it in quick and he gets it off quick and he placed it perfectly but there's probably something i can do there he still didn't even know what he could have done to have theorized he's like yeah i probably I could have know, done like something to, to to change the angle of of where he set up and I don't know. Yeah. For me, it's also. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything humanly possible that you could, you could change your, your vision of where your your puck line is mm-hmm. that quickly. That's how. But he also knows that D man is about to put pressure on him, and he lets him get close enough so he can pull it back and shoot it through and, the guy's triangle. And that D man, by the way, Ekholm. Yeah, like a guy who's been it, in the league a few minutes. It wasn't like Cody CC or one of like. Right. He's just it's Ekholm. Yeah, their top guy. It's a nasty goal. Really nice. Okay, let's welcome in Andy Strickland, host of 590, the fan in St. Louis, co-host of Cam and Strick Podcast. Hey, uh, there he you is. good? You ready? Where <laughs> do we find you, you, Kipper? Where do we find you, Andy? Kipper, I'm trying to do some Christmas shopping, man. I got like two hours. My son's got hockey tonight. They, they fire the coach. It's an off day today, you know? I mean, so 
But you'll want to tune in tomorrow night, Valley Sports Midwest, for the game. It'll be interesting. Uh, Drew Bannister makes his uh, NHL coaching debut. A lot of people are asking who that is. So Who Bannister? Um, uh, Drew Bannister. Yeah, he's been coaching down in the American League. So he's the only guy in the organization that has had coaching experience, you know. So they were limited in terms of the options. But I, I would imagine uh, Doug Armstrong, he'll be working the phones and they'll be trying to find a permanent replacement relatively soon. Hey, I, I imagine your your first one on your list, your shopping list is something for Craig Berube because, uh, I don't know, man, he could pack up and move it any second now. How surprised were you? Uh, this is a coach that, like we're talking about some serious history uh, just a few years ago, uh, taking a team out of nothing and turning them into Stanley Cup champions. I, I imagine it was a very difficult emotional decision for Doug Armstrong. Yeah, I think it's difficult. Uh, I got to be honest with you, Kipper. Like I've, I've been through a number of coaches here in St. Louis, um, you know, and starting with Joel Quimble. This this has the feeling that's closely, you know, closeless, a close resembles Joel Quimble, you know, in terms of when he got fired, you know, in terms of his popularity with the fan base, uh, the accomplishments he had behind the bench and, you know, with the team on the ice and just, uh, you know, how good of a coach he was. Um, I remember a lot of heat, you know, was put on the Blues organization, Larry Plow at the time for for firing, uh, you know, Q because the team, you know, was above 500 and, and, you know, they had a lot of success prior to him, you know, being ousted. This has a much more similar feel, you know, way different than when Andy Murray came on board or Davis Payne or, uh, you know, Mike Yo or Ken Hitchcock, all these guys that have, you know, come through here. Um, so, listen, the fan base is a little upset today. I, I think they look at, you know, the, the Blues organization, um, you know, how much it's changed, you know, since they won the Cup back in 2019, the popular players who have moved on who are no longer here. You know, David Perron was in the house last night. He didn't play, obviously, as you guys know, because of his suspension. But, you know, he had a couple of former Blues in the lineup who scored goals. Robbie Fabry had a goal. Uh, Jake Wallman had a goal. Billy Huso's in net. But you don't have Vince Dunn, who's here, who obviously has gone on to Seattle from the expansion draft. He's had a lot of success there. Ryan O'Reilly was the captain here. And, um, you know, he, he's another one. Ivan Barbashev, you know, 27 years of age, signs a five-year deal to stay in, in Vegas. Uh, Tarasenko is no longer here. I mean, it's got a lot of players. Jaden Schwartz is another one. I mean, who were integral part of the, of the, of the core, you know, that brought this team a Stanley cup. And I know you can't keep the band together forever. As Doug Armstrong said today, but, uh, the plate, the, the pieces that they've used to replace those guys just really haven't panned out. And it's a, a, a big part of the reason as to why we're in the situation that we're in today. So how much of this then is the team really underachieving the roster compared to just looking at maybe the job Doug Armstrong has done with some of those players and going, boy, we're losing and I, I got to do something here? You know, listen, I think it's a great question. And I, and I think the fan base and a lot of the media, to be honest with you, they're pointing the finger at Doug Armstrong right now. Yeah. But I, I'll tell you what, we're going to find out what that answer is in terms of how the team responds and how they play the rest of this season. You know, is this a coaching issue or is this a roster issue? You know, I look at this team and I don't think anybody expected this team to compete for a Stanley Cup this year. You know, you had a lot of pieces, um, you know, obviously that, you know, the Blues got, whether it's off of waivers or off the scrap heap from other organizations who had term left in their contract, hoping that they would maybe catch lightning in a bottle. Guys like, you know, Casper Kapanen, 
Um, you know, uh, Jocko Barana, you know, who's, you know, going down to the American League today. He cleared waivers. You know, Sammy Blay. You know, the three of those players last year when they were brought on board around the trade deadline, I think they combined for close to 30 goals. Nobody expected them to produce at that level this season. But, you know, you just kind of have a bunch of different personalities, a bunch of different players, and you just don't see that line-to-line and shift-to-shift chemistry or cohesion that we're used to seeing with the St. Louis Blues team. You know, so I'm I'm not going to completely let Craig Berube off the hook here either. I mean, defensively, they've been poor. Their special teams have been historically bad over the course of the last two seasons. I mean, their power play is absolutely atrocious. They had an opportunity again last night to have that make a difference in the game, and they didn't, and they haven't been able to figure that out. So, you know, uh, listen, I'm not of the belief, and Kipper, you can comment on this too. I mean, you can talk about skill and all you want. I I don't know if skill is required to always keep the puck out of the net. You know, sometimes you just got to have a little bit of commitment, a little bit of compete. We're used to seeing that from – a, uh, a St. Louis Blues team. And now when you see them not competing at the level that's been the standard here for a long time, I think that's hard to accept for the, the fan base, to be honest with you. But you go back to this past weekend, right? Back-to-back games against Columbus and Chicago. You lose both those games. I think at that time you had a, a feeling that we could be getting to the point where we're at right now. Then you lose last night to Detroit. They're without Larkin. They're without Perron. You lose that game. They lost to San Jose on the road earlier this year. They lost to Minnesota on the road when Minnesota was in the midst of a seven-game losing streak. We're not even 30 games into the season. They've got some bad losses on their record right now. Andy, so what is the the the, the big picture here, that this is a coaching change uh, made because we believe we are a playoff team and uh, – we should be there, or was it? Was there ever a thought that this is a transition year, all out with the uh, the Tarasenko's of the world and uh, Petrangelo's, and we got to start developing young kids again? Like, what what is the main goal here moving forward? Development or getting to the playoffs? Um, well, they're spending to the cap. You know, I know most teams do spend to the cap nowadays anyway, but when you're spending to the cap, I think the idea and the the mindset has to be to make the playoffs. I mean, you can't tell the Blues chairman, Tom Stillman, that, hey, we're going to spend to the cap, but we're going to miss the playoffs. I think the mindset is always to make the playoffs. I think they looked at the division and they said, okay, you've got your uh, two alpha males in Colorado and Dallas, and then the third place position is going to be up for grabs, you know, and now obviously the wild card as well. And, uh, and they felt like they could compete with the Winnipeg's and the Nashville's and the Arizona's, you know, to, to slide in behind Colorado and Dallas, but all it takes is one, you know, losing streak, you know, they lost four in a row. Now you start to lose more than that. I mean, you're, you're out of it. You're donezo for the season. And it's tough to recover from that. Um, but I think it's a great question. I think they came into the season thinking they could make the playoffs. I asked Doug Armstrong that today. Does he think this is a playoff team? I think he he believes that they're good enough to make the playoffs. I don't think he goes beyond that, thinking that they're a contender. But once you get in, anything can happen. But, you know, you look at their roster side by side to the teams that they're losing to right now. I just think it's unacceptable. And, uh, listen, I had a chance to talk to Craig Berube. I, I, I think that he probably would admit that his message wasn't getting through to the team mm-hmm. and that it got stale. And he's a very intense coach. 
Um, you know, he wants his team to play a certain way. And I think he looks at the roster right now and says, this is not what you would typically see from a St. Louis Blues team. And it's probably not a good fit for his coaching style. I think he would admit that. So with some of the pieces that you have in the lineup right now, it's uh, these aren't really Craig Berube type players where you can make the case they certainly were when they were having a lot of success and obviously won the Stanley Cup. A couple of teams in the West that'll be fighting for the wild card, card spot are Canadian teams, both in Alberta. The Oilers have been climbing up and the Flames have been, I don't know what you want to say they're doing. They're trying their darndest, just like the St. Louis Blues. Uh, do you have any thoughts on either of those two teams that they'll be competing with for those final spots? Well, it looks like Edmonton is is who we thought that they would be right. coming into the season, yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean... That shouldn't be a surprise. It's interesting because they fell so far down at the beginning of the season that that kind of opened up the idea that maybe one of these teams out of the Central could steal one of those wild card right. spots, you know? And uh, and now they're back to, you know, playing at the level that they should. You know, sometimes a coaching change can do that, guys. Listen, I've seen it, man. I mean, and you guys obviously have too. But, you know, I saw Andy Murray take over a team that almost made the playoffs. They were completely out of it when he took over. Then they made the playoffs the, the next year, I believe. Davis Payne, no one even knew who the hell he was. And he gets a contract extension, you know, as the head coach here. I'd never been a head coach in the NHL. Great guy, by the way. Sorry, Painter. He's now an assistant coach in Ottawa. He was my coach in the ECHL. He was a great coach. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The, the house of pain. Yeah. But, and then, you know, Ken Hitchcock wins the Jack Adams when he took over. Uh, Craig Ruby wins the Stanley Cup the year that he took over. So, you know, you look at what Edmonton's doing right now. They're winning virtually every night, what John Hines is doing in Minnesota. You know, sometimes we've seen this before. You make that coaching change, a new voice that gets people's attention. You know, Drew Bannister knows a number of players inside this dressing room having coached them in the American League, both in San Antonio and most recently in Springfield. So he's auditioning for his job. I would not call him a serious candidate as it sits right now, but he can certainly coach his way into becoming one. It's interesting because when Chief took over, I don't think the idea for Doug Armstrong was to hire Craig Bruby as the next head coach. In fact, I think they were interviewing potential coaching candidates even after the playoffs had started, thinking about who was going to be the head coach beyond the 18-19 season. I, Craig Bruby coached his way into being that guy, and now he's highly regarded throughout the league, and he's going to land on his feet very, very quickly. So this is an organization, speaking of coaches, man, like Hall of Fame, you just mentioned them all. You didn't even throw in Keenan era. Like these were big, bigger-than-life type of guys behind a bench. Are Blue fans going to be okay with this uh, this guy coming in, or you got to go out there and find a big name to someone that's they've been accustomed to all these years? You know, listen, they're not happy right now. Um, Kipper, they're really not. They're upset, you know, and um, they love Chief. You know, he's a guy that you see out at a local restaurant, at a local bar, much like Quenville. And when he sees you, you know, he doesn't hide. He's not one of these guys who just hides. You know, he's he's a man of the people and very approachable, great guy. You know, he played over a thousand games in the league. Like he just kind of gets it and he has that relatability. But Listen, I get it from Doug Armstrong's standpoint as well. You know, sometimes the message gets stale. And um, you look at how they're losing, who they're losing to. This was not going to correct itself. Special teams, 
team defense. I mean, that's really the name of the game, to be honest with you. If you can't keep the puck out of your own net and you can't be consistent from a special team standpoint, it's really difficult to win hockey games. Craig, uh, listen, uh, Jordan Bennington's been great this season. Um, and if he didn't perform the way that he had, you know, the first month of the season, this is probably a lottery team, to be honest with you. So he covered up a lot of those mistakes. They've been probably better defensively this season than they were last year. But the, the negative trends that we're seeing from the St. Louis Blues right now, these are not new. These have been ongoing for at least the last two years. One more for me, Andy, and I promise to let you go here so you can yeah, wrap good. up. Oh. <laughs> uh, the last few years, we've seen kind of the, the keys being passed over to Robert Thomas and, and Jordan Cairo, eight-year deals, big money. Uh, they are the future. Is that still the case here, the building around these guys? Well, I think so. Thomas has been great this year. Honestly, I mean, he's, he's matching up against the other team's number one center every single night. He's putting up points. You know, he and Pavel Buchnevich have chemistry together. You know, Cairo, obviously, for whatever reason, he's not scoring. You know, this guy had 37 goals last season. He was like, you know, minus 100. I uh, didn't even have a good year last year and scored 37. He can be an electrifying player, but he, it's, it's not happening this year. So, you know, I talked to him today. He's got a good rapport, actually, with the guy who's coming in at Drew Bannister. He played for him down in the American League. I'll be interested to see. He's the one player that I'm kind of curious to see how he reacts and how his game translates now with having a new, you know, guy behind the bench. Does this really get a guy like, uh, you know, Jordan Cairo going? Because they got to get him going. But, yeah, there's no doubt. They're, they've committed to these guys. They're making a lot of money. But, you know, I, I look at some of these teams around the league, like Boston and some of these, you know, uh, offensive teams who can get up and down the ice. They've got a ton of skill in their lineup. I mean, you put Jordan Cairo in one of these lineups, man. I mean, he would be, he would be great. Honestly, he there's there's a lot to be left to be desired in terms of his two way game. Although he's had more commitment this year to playing in the defensive end. Not to get all analytic on you, but there was a time when he was like leading the, the all Blues forwards and block passes in the defensive end, and he was making a more of a commitment to play in his own end and not just be a guy that wants to run and gun it and cheat a little bit, but you need this guy to perform. And when you don't produce on the power play, it's kind of tough for your top offensive players to have, you know, impactful stats or impressive stats. Hey, the three of us aren't hard to shop for. Just gift cards work yeah, too, right? pretty simple, man. Don't overdo it. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want? Help me. <laughs> to be able to make a four-foot putt. <laughs> yes. A new putter or new hands. Andy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for doing this. You guys are the best. Anytime. And good to see you guys, too. So I hope this doesn't look too goofy. Looks nah, great. You're great, yeah, man. Shopping. The look of shopping always works for us. Andy Strickland. Thanks, Strick. From the Cam and Strick podcast. Uh, Yeah. I think I think the St. Louis Blue fans have been spoiled with yeah. some really, really, yeah. Two questions. I, sorry. I have a question for you before okay. you get in. Yeah. This is completely off the rails, but okay. I have to ask anyway. I was looking at um, Davis Payne. Okay, yeah. Because he was talking about him. Yeah. And he coached. This is a ECHL question. Yeah. What is the PD pride? No idea. Okay, that's a, that <laughs> that a team. team. The PD pride. What year is that? From 01 to 04. Three, he was the head coach or an assistant coach, oh, head coach with them. 
And then he was the Alaska Aces coach, your your head coach. I got nothing on the Pride. No, never played against the Pride? No, no idea. <laughs> okay, Can't right. even think of a state right. or a city okay. that would be called that. What's the coach's name again? Davis Payne was the coach. Oh, no. Oh, the, the, Bannister. Bannister. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that like uh, uh Incredible Hulk guy? <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. Isn't their character? Yes. The Incredible Hulk? We actually are going to get killed for not knowing... Bruce Banner. Is that what you're like? Bruce oh, Banner? Yeah, or not yeah, yeah, or yeah. Bruce Bannister? No, it's definitely not Bannister. <laughs> oh, it's not Bannister. It's okay. It's I'm, I'm in the ballpark. Yeah, you're close. I mean, I mean, uh, by the way, I made like a silly, you know, who Bannister joke. He played years in the NHL, six years or something. Like he's, you know, I don't remember. I do. I just don't remember, you know. What, how old is he? Uh, 49. 49. Much. Two questions. I was almost, looking, almost, yeah, he's younger than me. I was looking at Berube's uh, hockey DB, the oh, yeah. prospects page, actually. Did you, you must have played with him. He was in Hershey and Philly. We're teammates. You were, okay. Yeah. In, in Philly, sorry, in Hershey? In Hershey. So his Hershey stats are why I wanted to ask you this. 63 games, 7 goals, 17 assists, 325 pims. God, he is scary. You guys oh must have had some fun together. Scary. <laughs> so then my eye goes to the pim category. He had like 15 years of like 200 pims. So... All-time PIMS guys, I went to the list. Seventh all-time in NHL PIMS with 3,149. Can you name the six men ahead of Craig Berube in all-time PIMS? Tiger Williams. Number one. Ty Domi. Number three. Bob Probert. Number five. Rob Ray. Number six. There's two to go. Uh, Marty McSorley. Yeah, you got it. Wow, boys. Uh, my so, numbers are all off. You so have five we, and six. There's one more. We have we even didn't Proby. get number four yet. Yeah, you don't have the number two guy yet. Number Proby. two guy. Bro, I said Probert. Probert said, said okay. Yeah. Uh, two. This oh is my incredible. Two guys as well. It's this is I'll embarrassing. Give you the guy who's eighth and the guy who's second. Hunter are, are related. There it is. Yeah. The the, the Dale, Dale Hunter. Dale, yeah. Dale Hunter. Dale. You don't really kind of think of him as a, the the fighter heavy, guy. Yeah. Same way. Just a guy that I can't believe that was really impressive trivia that you guys just rattled off five of the six like but that. My favorite thing ever was just to watch fights. Like I, I grew <laughs> up, you know, I like I like fights. Anyways, yeah. For rounding out the top ten is Tim Hunter, Chris Nyland with sub knuckles, and Rick Tockett at ten. That's a lot of time in the penalty box. So there was this one time I don't know what I did, Goofy. Uh, you passed seven on the scale. No, I uh, I did something and I got Craig Berube so mad that he jumped off the bench to come and get me to chase you yeah your old teammate yes but like it at that point it didn't you'd be best friends if you yeah. if you, i know his role he knows mine if you fight you it'd fight been like a bear chasing me i'd been throwing his gloves i see him coming after me and then i'm like oh boys please you know i need the big <laughs> i need the the wolf pack mentality right now yeah and then sure enough bill mccurry's a referee and he grabs him he goes you just came off the bench. You're suspended for 10 games. <laughs> and I'm like, Bill, you just saved my life. Did Thank he get you. Suspended? Because the moment Bill told him that he came off the bench for a suspension, he stopped focusing on me. Yes. I'm like, wow. like what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? You came off the bench. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I'm like, okay, you guys go work it out amongst yourselves. Okay, I'm just going to go back to my bench. That's more like being chased by a bear and throwing a steak out of your pocket. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Just took him um, off your scent exactly. a little bit. That's great. God, Dale Hunter's hockey DB is so impressive. 
14, just 1,400 from. games over 1,000 points, 3,500 penalty minutes. That's busy. He that's was as at, good he as was it involved gets. in the games when he was out there. And for one, for like, you got to start considering these guys in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. But they, they won't were, because why? They had too many penalty no, minutes? You know what? They were an impactful part of a, of a period of hockey. Huge you know, impactful. They, he played 186 playoff they games. They changed series. Would, would you say okay, that that's for sure. maybe one of the best cases might be Marty McSorley? Because he was a good player too for a while, right? No, I. It, I'm gonna go to, through to, these to guys. Me, to me, like one of the best transitions from complete tough guy, yeah. quote unquote goon, to a guy that helped uh, helped himself by developing a position on the L.A. Kings to to police and still play. 20 minutes a night. Yeah. It's incredible. You know, it is. I would say of the guys who are like kind of top 20, talk it. Um, Pat Verbeek is 11th in PIMS, but he's not really what you're talking about for that kind of impactful guy. Chelios and Stevens, I assume, are in. I don't Pat, know you'd put in the Hall of Fame, Pat man. wasn't buried in Hartford all those years, he could have he had uh, an easier time to be considered for the Hall of Fame, that's for sure. Bob Probert, you know, like impactful guy. I don't know. They'll never, they'll never they'll do never. that. Dale really. Hunter to me, though, like that, I know I hate to praise him because just his, nice. his junior hockey team has haunted my life. But like, talking. his numbers are incredible. Oh, Tonkett's Tonkett's a 3,000 PIM guy. How's Tonkett not in the Hall of Fame? I mean, he has the my favorite stat ever, the all-time leader in Gordie Howe hat-tricks is the most badass stat you can have. You cannot be more involved in hockey no, games that is, than that. that's as good Sorry, as it gets. Yeah, like, is there a stat column? I will fill it. Whatever you need me to do. Yeah. Are you going to do uh, game time or are we going to come back to it? No, we can do it right now. All right. How's that sound? Let it rip. It's game time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Going back to my underdog plays. I know people probably don't love it. I, I think I'd... I don't think yesterday was great. No, I did. Got the, got the, uh, got the Red Wings as an underdog yep. in St. Louis. Yep. And they won 6-4. Uh, my Flyers lost an OT to the Nashville Predators. Oh, and Kipper. Pittsburgh did beat Arizona. They did. I wanted to mention, did you see Andy Frost do the play-by, do the the intros for the Philadelphia Flyers yesterday? I did not. Oh, did I not say that to the group? No, I don't know. Oh, my. Because obviously his son Morgan plays for the Flyers. And the sound of all those years on Q107 and and the the Toronto Maple Leafs. His voice does something to me like yeah. it brings out a feeling in me that i haven't felt and like it's just like your youth as a hockey fan like it's yeah, like, like my that's, wife when she like hears barry white yeah being, you know, maybe, oh. <laughs> I know, maybe a bad example <laughs> maybe a bad example i'm trying to think uh, anyways um that was an awesome it was an awesome clip if you haven't seen it but tortorella brings him in and he does like the whole full-on announcing of it but he didn't start morgan he didn't know which is insane to nah. me you're going to bring in Andy to he call the lineup. Hey, uh, Andy's a hockey guy. He gets it. He thinks his son's not good enough. Didn't deserve it. Good for him. Tough love. But, but, but Spezza in the press box. And the guys in the room were so fired up. Yeah. They were just loving it. So I, I wanted to bring that up if you haven't seen that. Um, for tonight, uh, the Bruins visiting New Jersey. Bruins are an underdog in that game, plus 105. Uh, you know, that's... Listen, if, if their goaltending goes just a tad south on yeah. them... Bruins? I'm fully yeah. off the Bruins wagon. And I don't think they're very there's, good. Yeah, they're the, right back in the mix. I, the, and, the Devils can't get a save. The Devils' goaltending is really, really bad. The, if the, the Devils and the Bruins flipped goaltending, 
oh, the yeah. Devils would be where the Bruins are or better. Yeah. Or the Devil! <laughs> and vice versa. The Devil! So I like the Bruins tonight in New Jersey as an underdog. And the other one I was looking at, second half of back-to-back for uh, Kipper's beloved Pittsburgh Penguins. Playing in Montreal, they're a huge favorite. I don't think they should be favored huge against anybody. Give me the Habs as a plus 125. Wednesday night. betting against Doobie. Wednesday yeah. night game of the week here for you, oh, yeah, on Rogers. I own Le Television. I will be talking about how Cole Caulfield cannot shoot the hockey puck into the hockey net tonight. If you'd like to stick around and listen to that. Do you care to divulge any of those, or are you going to save it sure. for Sure. Last year, he was 12 for 27 on one-timers. This year, he's 0 for 15. And he's getting the pucks in the same spot. 12 for 27 is really good. Really insanely high. Really good. Yeah. He's hitting the net. He's not hitting the net. You or... know, he's kind of getting the same shots at the same rates from the same places. I'm not, you know, it, it's just not going in. Okay. Is it a given he's going to be a really good, consistent 40-goal no. scorer? I, I bought, thought I... so. Yeah. I'm going to, I can't say it's a given. I can't say it's a given. No. Okay. I balked at that contract and it was signed. And it's, to me, it's a scary one. Okay. That was Game Time, presented by Bet365. Is the app for the latest odds. And find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19+. plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Okay, still plenty to go here on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. News and notes, including Brady Kachuk. Oh, my God. A penalty shot <laughs> that didn't go exactly his way, but it's his reaction that we'll discuss after you the like break. like a squirrely player. He's Captain Squirrely. Squirrely. Also, some talk about the Washington Capitals moving. Yeah. Do you know this, nobody do you know mentioned this to me uh, when I was there All earlier the way, this year. four miles away. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Prawn appealing his suspension. Plenty <laughs> to talk about when we return on Real Kipper and Born. Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Ottawa Senators seem to be in this kind of win one, lose one, win one. That ain't going to dig you out of the... Frustrating team. It's not digging you out of the Eastern Conference. And they played last night, the Carolina Hurricanes, and the team that uh, a a few teams have taken advantage of Mm -hmm. while they kind of get their season on track. But late in the game... 4-1, 4-1, is the game over? It's not over. It's still Getting about there. four and a half minutes to go left in the game. Brady Kachuk gets a penalty shot. Uh, Kochetkov is the goaltender for Carolina. Also squirrely. Did he drop his stick? Did he throw his stick? Do you think, it? first of all, it warranted a penalty shot? Yes. I'm pro if you're unsure, call the shot. Yeah. Hold on to your okay. stick. Yeah, I mean, yeah I'm, I'm with you there. You, you, you don't drop your stick. Yeah. But they, I mean, they really Classic. have changed the goalposts on penalty shots like Old a guy a guy, a guy would have a step from the blue line in the first week of the season and they'd call so it. true and then the hey. leafs have had like two on o's where knives get hauled down They're like no nah, nothing they've changed the standard anyways continue yes kochetkov stops him mm-hmm. it was the reaction of brady kachuk that caught your eye well the kochetkov stopped him thing is i think frustrating if you're a senators fan because he makes a leaping aggressive poke a check very johnny bauer like yes. poke check and the 
poke doesn't come within a foot and a half of the puck, but it goes directly into Chuck's skate, who goes down hard and hits the boards pretty hard and gets up angry. You had it taken. You wouldn't tell us about it before. Well, you like it or think it was, what are your thoughts? Oh, I absolutely loved it from uh, Kochekov. Yeah. You're trying to stop the penalty shot. I think it's a big, like, I love Brady Kachuk and I love how aggressive he is. This is a big baby look for me. Really? Yeah. I thought it was a bad look for him to go out to the goal. He, and the, he got his pad up and he got the shot off, yeah. but the stick affected him. He made the save with his, yeah, I, it was, what is Brady doing? I'm, I'm with Sammy. Like the guy played you hard and yeah. that's had, it. You the coming, dead. He was coming in right? too slow. Yeah. He had his head down. He, he wasn't paying attention. Early enough, you can just stop and go around. Yes. I will say, I saw some goalies tweeting that you don't necessarily make the poke check at the puck. The guy's going to be stick handling. You're, you're poking towards where you expect the puck to be. Yes. And if, if Kachuk's going to go around him, you would do it. You would lead him a little bit, and you got your stick out there. Martin Jones did so, it to Zabinajad last night when he tried to cut out in front. He yeah. swiped it away. I've had a conversation a, a few times with some NHL head office people over the years, and I'm like, "What happens if a goalie just comes out and plays the man? Just, just wow, yeah. decks him." Asked Tim Thomas just about that. Penalty. Absolutely, decks him. Tim Thomas smoked one of the Sedins. Uh, the that? answer is. Nothing. Nothing would happen. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Next. I love it. Yeah. And we'll cross that bridge when we ever come to it. Probably won't. Yeah. I'd love to see it. But, you know, I think the Chuck reaction is a product of a growing sense of frustration. You know, that they need that one or that game is slipping away. That game is gone at that point. But that puck not going in the net. And I think Chuck's just... He's sick of it. He's competitive. He doesn't want to be on a team that's eighth in the it's Atlantic fine. all he year. Had a, he had a fiery look in his eye. I've got no problem with the reaction of Brady Kachuk there either. It's fine. Kachuk was a little off so his nut He's too, not happy. Great. So they, they should almost, let him go. It's bad luck. Sorry. No, it's not a horrible it look, Sammy. No, it's not. It's He's, a competitive look. No, you're going after the goalie. The ref has to get in between you and the goalie, and none of your teammates are on the ice to defend your goalie. It's I, a bad I, luck. It's a bad luck. I'm no sorry. Good. Yeah. No good. No good. For uh, for Brady, yeah, th- he can go out to the goalie. What other situation? If, if he any- really wanted to get him, he could have got yeah, him. Yeah, but what but other, he didn't. But what other situation you ever have in a hockey game where you get to go mouth to mouth with the goalie and give him a piece of your mind because he made a save on you? Everybody else is on the bench; they can't defend their goalie. Like it's just a bad look for Brady. You got stopped. Like I love Brady Kachuk. No, you're you're making this way too. No, big. I think it was bad. I think it's a bad look. I really do. Sour grapes, man. You got stopped on a. Breakaway. He stopped you. Too bad. This is the start of an anti-Kachuk stance. We haven't had her on no, the show. Very no. pro-Kachuk show. Love Kachuk. Yeah. Truly one of my favorite players in the league. Yeah. Uh. Hated last night. Hated it. No. Yeah. Fine with it. And they're, I mean, they're I'm last pretty, place. Fine. They're yeah. last place. Don't, I'm yeah. pretty, I'm don't need you to be polite. Don't, we got enough of those guys in the league. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you, Sour grapes. Good. Yeah. Entertaining. All right. right. All right. Good stance for the team. Uh, Before you go to Otani. Okay. Oh, we're going to Otani? No, no. no. The oh, we we thought we wouldn't go to Otani. Uh, we've got, like, Otani, like... Yeah, we can do, like, yeah. do an Otani show. Oh, okay. No, we're going to save Otani. Okay. Go All-star hockey. game. All-star game. Yes. The, um, the league announced yeah. a new skills format. Yes, which And I love. you love. Okay, so tell us about it. So the skills format is 12 NHL players will be in the All-star game skills contest, and there will be six skills events. Each player will get to pick four that they want to participate in, mm. and they will earn points based on how they rank in those four events. Okay. The players who have the most points uh, that are remaining, I think it's six or eight of the players out of the 12, whoever the most points, will go on to two more events, 
one of them being a shootout and one of them being an obstacle course. And they're playing for a million dollars. The winning player will get a million dollars. They will care about that. It's the NHL. It's not the NBA play-in tournament. So we know Connor will be one of them for sure. But how do they go about picking 11 other guys? Good question. Maybe they just handpick them. Who we think is the most entertaining. It's our show. Uh, excuse me. I, it's a million bucks on the line? I get to yeah, be yeah. Why is he more entertaining than me? I want a million buck chance. I don't know. The, what's, the, uh, what's it called? In the they flip PGA a coin? Tour, the player impact? The the, yeah, they have like a... I don't know, whoever's getting tweeted about the most. We're putting the people in who people care about the most. If you want to be in the All-Star Skills next year, Kip, then tweet something interesting. <laughs> Give us a good interview. <laughs> Dress nice. We need to be entertained. So, okay, yeah. so you got Willie in there then. Willie's in. Willie Bedard. Styles. Bedard's, you cannot, in there. Bedard's in. McDavid's in. Sid's in. All the guys that are selling your tickets. In Toronto Kucherov. for a million bucks. Kucherov. He's a fringer. I mean, he's leading the league in points, isn't he? Hughes is in. Oh, Hughes well, is in. For my sure. first thought is, I like it. It's. I'm, I'm going to watch change. it because well, there's stakes. A million bucks is auto Listen, stakes. I'm not. Yeah, going through the motions so on my lap. When no. I hear this, the first thing I think of is, hey, they got hockey people to go back and do it. That's, doesn't it feel like that? No, no. It feels it like did, no. That's exactly what happened. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. They took it out of like. Non-hockey people with, with the social dunk, media people with dunk contests in Florida. Oh my God! I'm I'm shocked they're still in business after that. The league, yeah, the, the league. league. The, the, the league should have folded after the dunk competition in Florida last year. Okay, okay. That Just was... the mere fact that we're all here with jobs in itself is a miracle. Okay. At Christmas. No, but the fact that we didn't die of boredom watching people try to pass pucks into the, the little net, uh, it, it is impressive that we're finally Can here. I just say that I take a lot of pride as a Toronto person yeah. that they're like, okay. This we're going to Toronto. This we can't do the to Toronto. <laughs> we got to do this right. We got to do hockey. I really appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, it's in the hockey. Yeah. Mecca. You know, Sorry, people are like, like Con- Connor's Canada. all over That's it, right? The thing they 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 kind of built it around Connor. Well, did, I think they That's had smart. They had uh, hockey guys. Yes, I think not they hard had to say. figure it out. Yeah, like Connor helped. Went the, to yeah, him, of course, believe, yeah. Connor, uh, the league, hockey people in the league, NHLPA. They all got back again and said, "We can't have that yeah. atrocity that we had in Florida last <laughs> yeah. year." Yeah, we throw a couple bucks at this thing. So good. Uh, We're so, watching. We're I watching again. Hundred percent. Are they doing? I'm embarrassed. I don't know. Is it five on five this year? Have they said? Uh, I believe it's five on five. Is that, that, is, is that accurate, Kipper? Do you know? Yes, because it's a draft, right? There's oh, yeah, a, right. Two-team so draft. So it's, so it's five on five. Yeah. They're doing hockey this I, year. Thank you. Good. Thank you for that. Okay. Yes. Uh, what's the deal? I'm, I'm not really up on this. Did the Washington Capitals officially say that they're moving to Potomac? I, I don't really know, Kipper. I, no. I, I thought you would know this kind yeah. of thing. This not official, thing. Um, but they're going to. It sounds like there's no option to like. I think DC was like, "Yeah, we'll do a 500 million dollar reno," and they're like, "That's going to be great for the lower bowl, but that's not going to cut it." This is a whole like Glendale yeah. type thing where there's it's a real estate play. There's you know, it, it, restaurants. Okay, if they're along the Potomac River, yeah, it will be spectacular. It's supposed to be awesome. It's four miles from their current home. Not a crisis. I did see that you know technically it's the suburbs, and there's only a few teams in the suburbs, and that hasn't gone well. Ottawa, Arizona, Florida, but. You know, it's very technically the suburbs. They'll be fine.
Okay. Uh, no real shock. Uh, Alan Walsh, the agent for uh, David Perron, appealing the suspension. I'm only shocked because, you know, he did a six-game six suspendable thing. Right? Yeah, th- that's it. You know, that's a really hard one to appeal. Yeah. It's like, What's uh, the case? Well, the case is other examples uh, where it doesn't it's look. It's just why him? Yeah. Why not my guy? Why my guy? Why not him? That's, but you know, the goofy part about always an appeal is it's a slow process. And is it, it takes not forever. To Gary? It's to Gary first, and then it's done with Gary, and then it comes back, and then they go find an independent but that arbitrator. That's the one, right? That it took the length of his suspension to and rule to on. save. Like he may save one game. Yeah. If you if he's lucky, the decision save off like an independent arbitrator yeah, would come that, back. Well, that's what it's about. And he'd save yeah. what fifty grand. That's what it's about. Getting that money. Get that money. That's okay. What they care about. That's fine. But you're you're still out five games for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, would agree I with was that. I wasn't aiming for his jaw. I swear. Yeah. I, I didn't even see him there. Yeah, like, exactly. I, it's a tough one to appeal. You took three strides, yeah. jumped. So, Maybe didn't jump. okay. Anything else around the league? Well, I, I guess we we just kind of got into the the Connor versus Connor thing, but no, we, no. I want the Otani now. We have five minutes. Uh, we gotta do yeah. Otani. Okay, yeah. so uh, ah. I saw uh, our Ben Nicholson Smith, Smith BNS, the West End weapon, West End weapon, yes. one of the nicest guys in the world. Uh, tweeted out that. Uh, uh, our good buddy in Los Angeles now, yeah, Otani, has got an out clause in his deal that's around uh, personnel, management personnel. If that. someone, I don't know, gets fired or resigns or leaves. Part of like the trade you made? He can get out of his deal. That's is, is that how I read that, it correctly, Sammy? That messes up contracts for every team forever. If you can have a contract clause that's like, I, if I don't like what you're doing, I can leave. How is someone not, like, you know, I had to take a lot of crap from all the American baseball writers being like, this is good for baseball. How is this contract and this deferral and these, these things where he's like, I get whatever I want at all times, right? And they're like, of course, Shohei. How is this good for baseball? I'm sorry. Like, okay, he plays for a premier team. That's, that's it. This is a joke. Like, a oh, I, I think it's a joke too. You no, know, it's embarrassing. Like you're just catering it's too just, much. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, sure, he hit you know what? Homers. It's, like it's, he's it, not Messiah. It is, like yeah. it is completely messing with the integrity of contract contract structure. Yeah, and like, what was wrong with just hey, you play 82 games. This is what we're going to pay you. But now it's so many of these things, and obviously they don't have a hard salary cap like we do in hockey. So you're going to find different ways to get out of the luxury tax, yeah, I think, it's, in it's baseball, right? It's a competitive right? balance tax, yeah. But I, I, I think when you're when you start dealing with these side deals, and now it's like, what are we going to get to the point where you're paying a, a player's paying a team, yeah, to to to, to loophole all these things well, that are supposed to? Every team in every tax heavy state is now going to be like, do we have to give deals deals to the elite guys that say we'll pay you, know, you later, and, like when like, you're not here? For the Toronto Maple Leafs, mm. they use something that few teams can n- n- don't have the luxury of doing, and that is front loading bonuses, signing bonuses up towards yeah. twelve or fourteen million dollars. Guess what? No other owner has that cash. Yeah, to just say, and that is huge for the Leafs to use as a competitive balance to offset uh, state tax, saving another guy a million dollars by playing in Nashville or 
uh, Dallas, Florida. Dallas, yeah, Florida. Good for the team, right? Yeah. If you want to trade him later, he's but, already. But how far are we going money. now? How far are we going to mess with that? Like, we're not going to even hear about contracts anymore. So this clause, Kip, is, is it about front office or is it player related at all? I, like, I think it's it? probably player related too. It, it, it's this just, guy is such it's a, too much power. I imagine like, a day though where like, he goes, I'm not liking the way you traded Betts just, or whoever. Just I'm out. Name him pitcher. DH and general manager. Yeah, he just should. do it now. Honestly, what happens if he Mr. starts Pampered. playing okay Mr. for a bit? He's Pampered. thirty. Twenty so, years still old. a human. Back, back in like, the back in the seventies. UCL surgery. Back in the seventies, what happened with a few teams, including the Philadelphia Flyers, was that the owner uh, Snyder wanted to keep salaries low, mm. so instead of having it paid out in a contract. Uh, they would start giving away uh, like boats and cars, yeah. and word got around. Some guys were getting all these perks, right? And other guys weren't, and the dissension was bad. Yeah, well, it was just is well, not now. Now it's not a good feeling. Less than half of Otani's contract. How, how do the going, Dodgers feel about about show coming in there and just having all this power? It's Agreed. not. It's not good. Agreed. And it's like Mookie Betts is unbelievable at baseball. So Freddie when, Freeman, unbelievable baseball player, who are both there. And it's like, we're just as important to this team as you are, buddy. And they're like, we disagree. You yeah. Know, like, so when someone gets moved down in the batting order, it's because, I don't know. So what we're, yeah. Who else Sho- made that decision? Shohei? So what we're saying is keep him. Yes. Keep him. Unless he opts out and comes to the Blue Jays, of course. In which case. <laughs> hey, guys, this is a hockey go. show. Uh, Stop making me talk. Baseball. Uh, you love the Otani talk. Thing. You love it. Love All it, right. love it, love it. Our thanks to Jim Ralph in the first hour and Andy Strickland in the second hour. Five games on tap. Make sure you catch my good friend JB on Wednesday Night Hockey, Montreal, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Have a great night, everybody.